A poor soul of noble origins, a squire tested in battle, a knight-errant forged in Camelot, a man strengthened by love. Join Adam as Sir Gulliston and Craig as the Game Master in Blood and Lust, a King Arthur Pendragon duet game of chivalry and mythic adventure. Let us win glory for our king, who will reward us with honors and lands, and the devil take the hindmost. So a war is basically put on hold as one of the largest hunting parties in many decades is brought together to depopulate uh, this region of its venison. And, uh, you know, knights are kind of broken down into different hunting parties. Uh, you, Sir Golston, are paired with none other than Sir Kay, the Seneschal, who organized this whole event, and the Bishop Baldwin. So the three of you and your hangers-on and squires, retainers, um, are together in this hunting party. So you're kind of like in like the Cardiff Forest, forest area. So um, a- as the man of the hour, um, King Marion um, blows the hunting horn, and you're be- the... the uh, the hunt is for deer, not for anything else. So, like, if you run into a boar or a bear, you're not you're gonna let those live because you know they they're they're in the mood for venison and they're hoping to get a lot of it. So, um, I'm gonna have to have you start me off with the hunting roll. Uh, that's going to be a fail, a 14 on a 12. So, your party takes off, um, split off from the rest of the. Um, the other groups you have to kind of wait a while because you can't all just go at once um so you're waiting and uh at some point you finally pick a direction to start going and and you're having a hard time tracking anything because it appears that everyone else had already ridden over the tracks um what what horse you taken by the way and how are you armored or um comparison uh uh Hay is on a strong-looking courser, and uh, you know the the bishop is on a looks to be like a pretty decent-looking uh, roundsy. Um, Kay's wearing uh, you know like hunting leathers, and the bishop is just wearing like a is is typical black habit with um like a like a leather bib almost over it, and like you have like uh, one-handed swords and spears and. You know anything else you might want to bring, but um, I'm de- I'm definitely not riding Kelly. I'm uh, I'm riding just like a, a decent horse for my stable. That's not like I don't know. It's not like a, a really showy horse at all. I'm trying. I forget what exactly I have, but uh, um, not one of the nice ones is what I want to say for the horse. Um, I picture I I have a. Uh, so maybe a roundsy of some sort. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm picturing like he would wear his armor, um, and he would use, be riding with a spear. You uh, does everybody it, else wear armor though? You would be out of play, play, place if you're wearing like your full partial plate. Okay. Um, most other people are going in just you know their like clothes or leather or 
or basically like a gambeson at that because i mean you're not expecting to like you know they paused the war and it'd be a major yeah, faux pas to yeah you're right okay so then uh i would just wear uh just wear some some of my clothes um yeah just some just some just some hunting clothes so we'll, we'll say if it came to it maybe um the clothes that you're wearing are worth two or three armor points but uh, it, it you're not expecting it to come to it okay so yeah you're riding off and it's kind of frustrating um for your party because like okay basically goes on about oh i put all this work into this and i don't even get to hunt anything everything's taken up around here and you're you're passing like a bunch bunch of groups of knights that have already made a kill and their squires are cutting it up so you have no choice but to press um forward um you you start to kind of like lead the um the hunting pack towards this specific spot um where you like remembering your time with um um the the woodsman band when you were last in here um he, he would talk with talking about it but uh uh Sir Kay disagrees with you and insists that you go the other way. Um, okay, so I'm just going to follow Sir Kay because this is my reasoning. Golston can kind of enjoy a hunt even when he's not really like getting anything. Um, he just probably likes, you know, likes to be out, likes to be riding, likes to be with a bunch of other men. And um, so this guy is clearly not having fun. Let's let him kind of take charge and we'll follow his idea and, you know, give him the, give him like the, the feeling of control for this, for this. So he kind of, you know, feels, feels better or something. Sure. Can you make me one more hunting roll? Uh, that one's a pass, a three on a 12. So um, you think you see some deer sign, but again, Sir Kay is bold and determined that he wants the head east. and insists that this is the way to go i'm gonna i'm gonna point point out like uh any obvious signs i see and say but you're in charge like I, i'll trust you yeah right i'm in charge you know it's you know it's um, worse than going on this trip with people like you uh what is that having to plan it for all this and uh, get, get no respect he kind of goes into like a Rod, rodney danger field tirade about it but um, if if you relent, he will lead you further east. Yeah, I just humor him and just follow him. So um, at this point, um, the three of you have been riding for a while. Um, and can you make me one more hunting roll? Uh, pass a four on a 12. Okay, so at this point, um, you notice that the, the sun... Um, has gone down quite a bit, but you no longer think you're in the same area that you were in. Out of character, uh, Cave botched his hunting roll. Of course he did. I'm going to say, uh, my sir, looks like we've gone a bit off course. Yes, but at this point, we can't go back empty-handed. We've been out so long. Well, what do you suggest? I suggest we press on, and like uh, Bishop Baldwin kind of looks at you and shrugs, and like uh, yeah, Goliston just kind of uh, puts his arms up in the air and is just like, as you insist. 
Uh, so it's now dark and it's you're feeling water sort of falling between the leaves and you know your your leathers are starting to like absorb this um water and tighten on your chest a bit and you're getting like really wet and there's it's kind of hard to see at this point you probably like put your spear into a little side holster on your um, round C and like you know made sure that you're yeah like a bandana tied up on your sword so moisture wouldn't get in and i but you know correct me if i'm wrong but i don't think golson's i'm really worried about trying to get a game at this point uh he doesn't think they're going to really he's just kind of hoping that this uh stubborn guy will kind of come to his senses and take them back into the direction of the hunting party so that uh, they can at least not be out here in the rain all night, just getting uh, getting further away. Like he's like, he's kind of just like hoping that this guy's stubbornness isn't going to take them. Like how far, how literally far is his stubbornness going to take us? And we shall see how far because Hay is bold and determined to continue heading the, the way he um, pointed out earlier and says, just over the next hill, we're going to find something. You get over the next hill, still nothing. Over the next hill, still nothing. And at this point, the, the rain's picked up quite a bit. You can barely see. Um, the um, Your squire, Arkel, is kind of, you know, trying to keep up. He's kind of, um, like, running behind you all, um, carrying torch. And, like, uh, uh, Bishop Baldwin even... Um, some suggest uh, he could carry a torch as well, just so you guys can, you know, see where you're going. And, you know, like the, the fire is actually quite limited because like, you know, it's raining and you're feeling like uh, you're not in a great place. And if you keep wandering around in the dark, you're probably going to get lost. And at bit, at some point, um, uh, the Bishop um, suggests that, maybe it might be a good idea to like make camp for the night and you know come come back with a good story at least um what's uh Golston thinking uh Golston is like really hoping it wouldn't have come to this where they're actually out he didn't want to be you know what I mean he didn't want to be stuck with them for any longer than he really had to but he was just kind of going along with them in good faith and just trying to be a good sport. Like he tries to be a good sport at these hunts and uh, you know, these grumpy guys brought him all the way out here to where they're probably going to have to camp for the night instead of just riding back. And he's just like, he's, he's like, he's like silently fuming over this. And he's just kind of like wishing that he spoke up earlier because this guy has just been like complaining the whole time and he kind of wishes he could just grab him and be like, now, look, if you listen to me earlier, we'd be back with everybody else and we'd have a deer and uh, we wouldn't be stuck out here in the rain having to camp overnight. And, uh, but he's just going to try to like, he's, he's just like muttering under his breath, just like trying to keep it all in. And uh, he's just kind of like, yep, whatever you suggest. Would you like to roll courtesy? Yeah, I think that's a good call. Oh, failed it. A 13 on a 12. Oh, so... Oh, does, my, does my courtly apply? Not in this situation, right? 
I'm not going to say this. You're not wearing no, fancy yeah, clothes. Definitely. You're not on feast. You're everyone around you is way higher ranking than you. Um, yeah, it's a pretty miserable situation. So. Yeah, there's there's enough minuses that I'm going to say that like you're all pissed and wet at this point. Um, so your gruff is noted um, by both um, the bishop and the roundtable knight and Arthur's brother. Um, are you Golston in favor of the camp overnight or continue to press on because Bishop Baldwin wants to camp Kay um, straight up says that he's the seneschal of all of Britain and there must be a manor around here somewhere to stay at um, I think Golston almost out of like spite is going to follow Kay just into whatever madness he brings upon them whatever 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 misfortune he's seeking out for himself with his stubbornness, he's going to abide. Um, yeah, he's just going to like, uh, you know, like uh, the rain is just kind of like pouring on his head. And you can see like his uh, his face is like beat red with anger. And uh, he's just like he looks back to Arkle who probably has kind of like a, a nervous expression on his face. Like, well, what am I going to have to endure uh, to, to put up with this? And um, yeah. your squire is shaking. Cause he's like freezing cold. Actually the, the rain reminds you a lot like of Gwaylod um, back, back many years ago where like the water was crashing down and almost going over the dikes. It's almost that bad, except there's not a wall of water threatening to wipe you out at any point. I think Golston, um, yeah, he's going to, like, I'm trying to think of if this would maybe be like a, it's like almost maybe like a, pr- a pride thing or like a proud thing, but he's um, he's kind of just like trying to, I'm trying to think of how best to describe it. He's definitely not trying to one-up him. And it's not really like he's going on with this out of like pure obedience at this point. It's just like you want to be able to say, I told you so. And yeah, he's like, he's like, I want to, I like, let's, let's see how bad this can get before like you finally have to admit defeat. All right. I'm going to have you check your reckless then. Because I I feel like that. Yeah. That kind of like you're, it was between proud, um, pride and reckless, but. You know, this is you're actually putting yourself in danger just to like, you know, be able to say I told you so. And like, yeah. So um you're going for hours at this point. Um, you're pretty sure you passed that tree before, but at this point, you're you're biting your lip and you're you're noticing K notice that uh he's he's probably made a mistake, but that's uh yeah, K passes his proud, so he's not um, giving in. Uh, can you make me at some point an awareness check? Okay, so that's a pass of four on a thirteen. Um, you're you're traveling for quite some time, but at some point you see uh, some sort of torch or fire in the distance. I'm gonna point it out to Sir K. I'm gonna be like, Sir K, up ahead, look, and like uh. He um, notices too uh, when he wants to point out and say, "Well, anything's better than this," and at least we could dry off. And kind of like urges uh, Bishop Baldwin to lead on, and he kind of uh, 
kind of shrugs. Um, but he kind of looks like he has an uneasy feeling about this, but the three of you press on um, regardless. Um, at some point, you get close to the, um, to the flame, and you notice it's actually a like one of those um, like sconces that's um, attached to the wall of a stone structure of some sort. And you hear what sounds to be like horses inside the structure. Um, I'm guessing it's probably super, super dark. So I can't really see like where we are, but uh, I'm going to kind of like relief at the fact that we didn't just like wander into a bandits uh, campfire, just kind of like maybe a further ride along the outsides of this until we can see, uh, you know, maybe see where we are, see if we're outside of some kind of keep or, or what is this place? Yeah. It looks to be some sort of small stone manor in the middle of woods and like Hayes pushing forward. And at this point leading his horse into what appears to be some sort of stable. All right. I'm just following Kay and, uh, in the in the um, priest, and I'm just kind of like trying to watch their backs, especially Kay, because I know he's probably more reckless than me at this point. I think like some of my anger is simmering down, and it's kind of like being replaced with genuine. Uh, you know, I hope we're I hope we have found safety and not something worse than being out on the road or something like that. And let's not. He wouldn't want to rush rush into things so uh, so quickly. But since K is has station over him and uh he's following K, he wants to just kind of like watch K's back, I guess. Yeah. Um, so K dismounts his horse and has his squire um take it off to uh get settled into the um shelter and Bishop Baldwin does like um Arco looks at you, um, um basically asking permission to take the reins. Of course. So the three of you dismount and start um, heading a- across um, the, I, it's kind of like a flooded courtyard at this point, but like, it's already, you're just walking through it. Cause like, you can't get more wet at this point. Um, and the, 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 the trio of squires lead your horses into the stable, but um, Arco kind of stops um, cause the one in front of him stops as well and then come back and basically um Arkel announces um my lords uh there doesn't seem to be enough room for all the horses out here um Golston is going to kind of just like look around and see if there is like a a different place he can secure the horse like i don't know he's he's just kind of trying to look around and see see what he can do uh He's assuming it's going to be like his horse that'll be left out in this situation. So he, he's trying to prevent that as best he can and try to see how he can protect his horse from this, you know, weather and stuff. Probably glad he didn't bring Kelly along. Oh, yeah. Well, if I brought Kelly along, I would just fight these men to clear up a space for Kelly. Or I would bring Kelly indoors, actually. So, I mean, you're looking around, but all you really see are, like, trees and stuff. There's not really good overhang. but um. Kay kind of like gives Arkel like a little shove. And it's like, no room, eh? Oh, I'll make some room. And kind of uh, goes up to um, uh, the, the stable and 
you see him yanking on the reins of an old nag and just kind of pulls it out and slaps its rear really hard and it takes off into the darkness. And then he he thrusts the reins um into his squire's hands of his own horse and says, Now there's room. I hope it wasn't a sentimental horse. Uh, Bishop Baldwin kind of shrugs and like uh indicates for his squire to make room for his horse as well. And the like his um squire, like but more gently, um pulls a, another horse out of that um stable and leads it away and just lets it go. And there's room enough for um the other the, the two knightly um Sir Kay's and the bishop's horse, and Arkel's kind of looking at you like, what should I do? This seems very, very dishonorable to just free somebody's horses so you have like a parking space. Um he's gonna say he's gonna tell Arkel to um to stand outside with the horses for a moment until we can get situated. And uh he's gonna try to do this like above board. Like, I don't know, like maybe. I don't know. Shit. It's hard. Arkel's uh, like really shaking because he's been out in the rain for a long time. Yeah, okay, okay. Alright, I guess I find the two. No, I can't. It's not right, really. It's really not right. Um I mean you know knights that you know of um have land here, so um honestly, this could just be some dude's manner. Yeah, all right. I guess I'm gonna very reluctantly follow the lead of the others, and I'm gonna actually help my squire get rid of two more of these horses. Okay. Well, getting rid of another horse would make room for yours as well, and um, like kind of the, the squires like um, all kind of huddle in there and start to like you know get warm and dry themselves while. Um, you, Sir Kay, and the bishop are um, out in the courtyard trying to figure out what's going on. But um, yeah, moving two more horses means the squires now have a spot to congregate. So um, you do notice that there's like a faint candlelit glow coming from the inside of the manor through one of the slits in the wall. And you also notice that there's like a a small hammer hanging from a chain at the door. Uh if uh, Sir Kay doesn't, I'm going to uh, move ahead and knock. So you lift the hammer up and use it to wrap on the door a bit. And um, a few minutes pass and a porter arrives at the door and, lo- and is looking you up and down and says, uh, yes, what is it? Uh, I'm going to introduce all of us and say that uh, we, need, uh, we need refuge for the night from the, uh, from the weather. We were in a hunting party that uh, got lost. Lost, you say? Lost from where? Uh, where are we, Cardiff? Uh, you were in. Uh, you were in Cardiff. Um, yeah, Cardiff. And uh, where are we now? And where? Where am I? <laughs> Basically, uh, uh, this is the home of Carl of Carlisle, and um, you notice like. Bishop Baldwin's eyes kind of raise at that. Um, I'm going to ask, like, I don't know. I'm going to see if I can, uh, like, whisper to the bishop, like, who is he? Well, um, if my calculations are correct, 
the bishop says as he's doing some mental math. If we truly are in Carlisle, that's about 500 miles away from where we left. Golston looks over to Sir Kay and just uh, tries to see how he's reacting to this. Uh, Sir Kay is kind of um, digging through his pack like he's looking for something and doesn't appear to be listening to you. Did you hear that, Sir Kay? We're yes, in yes. Yes, yes. Does Sir Carl have any room? And uh, yeah, Golston is going to inquire as well. Like, yes, would you would you please be able to host us? Um, can you make me an entry roll? Actually, a nine on a ten. So you notice that the porter visibly winced when Kay said Sir Carl. Uh, I'm kind of like looking at the looking at the priest. Like, should we get out of here? Uh, I mean, if this is who I think it is then it might be dangerous but i'm not sure what if it's if it's less or more dangerous than dying of exposure out here all right uh yeah and he'll just uh because he's he doesn't he still doesn't really like uh get what's going on i guess like like most times so he's just gonna like kind of like nod and just let these let these gentlemen kind of like do the talking i guess uh as far as like asking for for uh to stay here i like, guess like the hospitality of the host yeah yeah so the the portal kind of look, looks you up and down and says well you're welcome but i just gotta warn you like carl he, he's no knight so he he know he knows what courtesy is but you know don't expect him to hold up by any of it just just saying but i can i can see what i do i can do for you I look to uh, Sir Kay, and I'm just, like, seeing what he makes of it. Sir Kay is, like, looking like, why aren't we inside already? <laughs> of course he is. All right. Yeah, I just, uh, all right. So Kay kind of barges past you, moves the porter out of the way, and, like, like the door is kind of, like, has a welcoming glow to it as you make your way in, and the bishop follows um, closely behind you. And you look it around, and it's quite quite well appointed in here. And maybe it's like you like didn't get a good look at the full extent of this hall from the outside because the outside made it seem like a cottage, but it looks like a right and proper hall on the inside. I think if anything, he's just uh, appreciating the the warmth of of being indoors at this point. So as you are um, appreciative, um, can you make me an awareness check, or rather? Let's let's change that to a um let's go with the valorous check actually. Uh that's a fail, a 17 on a 15. Uh check your cowardly, um, but uh you're kind of frozen in your place as you see uh four beasts just sprinting at you. You see a bull, a boar, a lion, and a bear, and they're all like rambling towards you at like full speed um yeah golston is just probably like frozen in fear and uh he's probably going to try to like run out of the way or or duck behind a table or or jump on top of a table actually try to get height between uh between him and these creatures or something yeah you see um uh sir k and bishop baldwin like trying to get their Swords free of their really wet scabbards to defend themselves. I mean, 
okay, I'll I'll join them in combat, I guess, and try to try to ready myself as well. Probably a bit behind them. Wouldn't have thought they would try to take these creatures on, but uh I mean you're being rushed by four animals inside yeah. this great hall when it it's kind of a surprising, you know. So you're all trying to like uh loose your scabbards, but like it's taking a bit longer because like you, you failed your valorous role. So like you're trying to you're like, come on, come on, come on, but like you're cold, you're wet, the thing's stuck, and like there's four of these animals coming at you, and like it's kind of like like your life's not like flashing before your eyes, but you you feel like eminent peril coming on. Um and as you're uh, thinking that they're gonna they're gonna get here and it's all over, uh you hear a booming voice um cry out, Lie down, lie down, my four whelps. And like within like just just mere paces from you, like the the four animals just stop in their tracks. And uh, the lion, lion, like, is, like, uh, staring at you with eyes of co- um, coal. The bear's growling. Uh, the bull is snorting. And uh, the bull is snorting. And the boar is kind of, like, uh, wetting its tusks furiously against the, the flagstones of the floor. Almost like it's sharpening them to, like, gore you easier. Um, and, like, this presence kind of um, shouts out again. Lie still, I say. Stay back. And like the the four beasts um like are down at once in their haunches and like they start creeping as if they're like terrified of this voice that is commanding them. And like you can see like the, the tail between their legs are kind of like going underneath tables and like you see the bull disappear into the kitchen and like the the boar goes and scurries off. And uh you look around and you see this huge giant of the man he must be i don't know like at least nine feet tall this large booming voice uh would you like to make another valorous row okay this one's going to be a pass uh 13 on a 15 um you might be a little bit um nervous with a man but he did stop these four animals from attacking you so like if he really wanted to like kill you he could that would have been done and he kind of looks at you and is like this big giant man uh, with a big long beard, long braided hair. And he kind of looks down and she's like, yeah, sorry about that. Trying to teach him not to jump up and everything. And, you know, housebreaking him is kind of a difficult thing. I am the Carl and this is my home. Uh, you lodge with no nobleman tonight. I swear by St. John, you shall receive no courtesy except ruffian's courtesy here to save you God. For I have no other sort to offer. Um, Sir Goliston looks at the other two men, uh, looks at the squires, and he's like, uh, thank you. I, I guess we'll take what we can get. And you see, like, the, their, your other two um, companion nuts are, have finally stopped trying to loose their scabbards from their swords from their scabbards. And, like, they're looking uneasy, but um, they... To like kind of like look up to the Carl and notice that like it's weird because like it's almost like the roof is like um rising to accommodate his height. Like when he first came in, it's not like this place is bigger than on the inside, but like the 
proportions of the room are kind of like like changing within your mind to uh, suit what's the, the reality inside, sort of. Yeah, I mean, Golson's definitely intimidated by the size. I mean, because he's a pretty big person, probably doesn't see many people that are much bigger than him. Like, he's he's almost known for his size, so to see somebody that much bigger, it's like, this must be what people feel like when they see me. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, he's like, that's now that's a, a, a grand, grand size. Uh, so the, does Golson um, wish to, like, ask for anything from his host? I mean, he did say he's, he offers no courtesy. Uh, Golson probably would have asked for food, but probably doesn't see the point anymore. There's a distinction of courtesy and hospitality, though. Yeah, right. Okay, right, right. Um, Golston will just ask, uh, yeah, could could you spare any food? Uh, we're, we've been out in the rain all night. Um, seems we got lost. And he's going to shoot Sir Kay a, a glance. Yeah, Sir Kay is already making himself um, room at the table. Um, and Bishop Baldwin kind of shrugs in as well. Like, like the Carl didn't really say no, but didn't explicitly say yes either. And it seems your traveling companions are already starting to help themselves. And like, he's, he's look, he's looking like, well, I, he's looking as if to say, well, I guess you're here already. And then you're, you're kind of noticing the rest of the, the surroundings and the Carl kind of just sits down and ignores your question almost as if to make a point of his discourtesy. But uh, he sits down to this very lovely w- woman um, who appears to be a, a bit older than you um, and who's sit- seated next to the Carl. Um, and in the corner, you see um, this lovely young um, lady, probably around 17, 18 years old, who's like at the, um, the base of this harp, who's like just playing it. It's, it's pleasant enough. And you do see... Uh, you do see a spot where you could sit if you wanted, um, and at which point um, you see the porter bringing a four-gallon goblet up to um, the Carl's table and sets it down. And uh, the Carl then just kind of s- stands up and like slaps it across the, the table, and he says, "No, no, no, no! Send it back. Bring me my regular one, the one that holds nine gallons of wine." And the porter kind of uh, like obeys, scurries off into the kitchen and brings out this massive tankard. And you watch, probably quite impressed, as the Carl downs nine gallons of wine in one go. He does it like in one long pull and like excretes like an echoing belch that just kind of fills the chamber. Okay, weird, weird flex, but all right. So um, what do you want to do? Uh, I am going to grab that seat and I'm going to just kind of try to talk to the Carl a bit. See if, uh, I don't know, see if I can get on his good side. All right. Um, do you just, the, the feast looks pretty good, I guess. Um, I mean, it's not like nightly um, fair, but again, I don't think he was expecting a night to arrive. But it looks good, a good hearty broth. Um, there's a 
piece of carrot and um, some sort of meat and it's you know all over the, it's like a pretty hearty stew with a you know decent trencher and you see that um shamelessly the carl is just picking up um his trencher dipping it into the stew and then just dipping that all in the salt so that there's globules of like fat and grease left behind in the salt um you notice like the salt's basically just chilling in front of him and he's making no attempt to offer any to you or your companions so we're we're kind of just like watching him eat i guess and there's like none for us oh uh Kay and bishop baldwin have tucked in already Oh, okay. All right. Um, so yeah, I'll do, I'll do the same, I guess. And um, I'm just trying to like follow the vibe. If like everybody's just in silence, then I'm in silence too. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying not to eat more than anybody else. Not to, you know, trying to just kind of like, just take what I need to, to get by just maybe a few warm bites. And uh... so you got this giant four gallon goblet in front of you. It's, you know, it's, big it's like you're trying to drink from an aquarium so could could i get a dex roll to see if you manage to drink from this giant vessel without Uh, i make a mess that's a a failure an 11 on a 10 well it's probably good that you're still wearing your hunting leathers and they're soaked because uh yeah it's kind of like running down the sides of your mouth it's like you're again trying to drink from an aquarium uh, it's just not practical and you could barely lift it and like it kind of like rushes all to your face at once splashes up and gets in your eyes and your beard and it gets all over and the carl just starts laughing at you uh i i you know i i look disappointed for a moment and then i just start laughing too to try to kind of like uh to try to like appease him i guess and he kind of stares at you when you start laughing it's sort of like what are you laughing at? Yeah, and I, I, I stop and uh, immediately stare back into my uh, my scraps of food. I mean, you're you're given a meal. It's not like you're given scraps or anything. But I was kind of picturing like we're just like all eating out of the same plate or something weird. Um, you're probably um, sharing a trencher with uh, 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 probably. Let's see. Kay and uh, Kay and Bishop Baldwin um, probably grabbed each of their own. Um, Carl has a couple of trenchers, so you're probably forced to share a trencher with um, the lady. Okay. So, and they're they're kind of at the end of the table. And they kind of chose um, Kay and Baldwin. Kind of chose seats away from the Carl because, yeah. Um, and like. As you're eating and enjoying the food with, because it is, it's decent. Um, you're listening as the, um, the woman at the harp is kind of telling stories and tales of King Arthur's exploits. And you're like, Oh, yeah, I, I know that one about, uh, him, uh, meeting that guy in the forest and needing to find, uh, what women really want. But it's like focused on Arthur, not Gawain this time. And, you know, Talking about um, Arthur and him, like, rounding up a bunch of uh, children and putting them on a boat and putting the boat out to sea. And uh, the kids were never seen again except for one kid. And you're probably thinking, like, was that Arthur? That can't be Arthur. Yeah, I haven't heard that one. 
or how Arthur went around and like, you know, started sleeping around and got a bunch of women pregnant before um, marrying Guinevere. Well, that's not really a story we talk about a lot. <laughs> He's like, no, this is this is not what I'm used to. I mean, but it's you did know about it. I mean, several yeah, yeah. bastards are recognized, and did has Golston recognized his own bastard formally? Or is he kind of um, saving that? I think he's kind of saving that. I think the the regicide trial kind of caught him off guard. But uh yeah, he he intends to. He 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 like wants to he wants a relationship with his son. So you're kind of like picking at your food and can you make me an intrigue roll? Uh that's a fail. A 16 on a 10. All right. Um you're kind you're kind of like in your own little world listening about these tales when um all of a sudden you see like the of the porter scurrying about in front of you and Carl gets up and you watch as he crosses behind um, his lady wife and behind you and just basically goes up and backhands Kay so hard that he flies across the room and smacks his head on the floor. And he just looks at you and said, a slap for a slap. Oh my God. Does he want to do this to me next? Oh yeah. Go. He's kind of looking at um, um, Bishop Baldwin who says, Surely you, you wouldn't hit a man of God. And the Carl looks down at him and says, a man of God, huh? Well, you should probably act like it then. And like backhands the bishop who flies across the room and smacks his head on the, the stone. Uh, Golston is just bracing himself really hard right now because he's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. This guy's going to hit me. This guy's going to hit me. And uh, he's kind of just like... <laughs> Uh, he's kind of just waiting for this guy to come up to him and slap him the across the room. The Carl's standing at you looking displeased. Have you anything to say for yourself? Uh, you just hear like a very audible gulp. And uh, he he doesn't say anything. Um, you kind of like see like your companions kind of like, like what the hell happened? Um, as they're kind of rousing and like almost disbelief as they're sprout on the floor. They're, they're moving, all right. Um, and he said, and the Carl turns to you and says, you believe in all this hospitality and chivalry and all that, do you? Indeed, I do. So if you're staying as someone's guest, you got to do whatever they want, right? That is the idea. Hmm. All right. And he nods to his porter who has emerged from the front door um, holding the weapons from your horse. And you're, you're seeing, like, he brings it like the sheath up to um, the Carl who's like looking over. You recognize your spear case and like the, the Carl's like flexing them and like, he's like testing the strength of one and like it breaks in his hands. Like, Oh, definitely not that one. And chucks one of your spears aside um, and he says, ah, yes, here's a good one. Hands it back to the porter, who brings it over to you. And, and he says, now, if I ask you to do something, you got to do it. Because I'm I'm the master here. What is it you ask of me? You're a knight. You're supposed to be good at things. I want you to demonstrate your prowess with a spear. And how would you like me to show you? Oh. Throw it at my bloody head, for Christ's sake. 
Golston like looks at him just extremely confused and he says, you, you're sure. And Kate kind of shakes his head and looks at you like, uh, you heard the man, just give it a go. And like the Carl's just looking at you impassively and says, come on, little man. I bet you can't even hit me. All right. As you wish, my host. And uh, he's good. Yeah, he's just going to obey the request. All right. Can you make me a spear expertise roll? You can in passion if you like, but because it's going to be a minus, because it's a spear, not a lance. It's going to be a minus five for the thrown weapon. Actually, sorry. Um, it would be a minus 10. All right. Let's impassion. Um, I'm going to impassion. Well, I'd like to impassion my honor. I feel like. Um, this guy's kind of trying to test me a little bit, well, a lot of it, and he's kind of just like, I, I feel like he's trying to say that I won't do it or something, or he's trying to say that it's dumb that I believe in the stuff that I believe in. Um, so yeah, I'd like to impassion my honor to uh, <laughs> to show how serious I am about obeying your host's requests. Uh, even to the extent of I'll throw this spear at your head. All right, let's roll your honor. Um, that's a pass, a 16 on a 19. All right, plus 10 to your spear expertise, which will cancel out your minuses. So it's going to be straight up rolls. Uh, pass, 15 on a 16. That's almost a crit. Um, so you're, you're, you're looking and you're pretty... You're pretty intent in doing what you're doing, and you throw it, and the sky's big. That's kind of hard to miss, especially when you're this like into it, and like it kind of like you 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 definitely hit him. Goes right into his head, and like, but he kind of like does this um, like twitch thing, and it, like the spear is embedded on the wall behind him, um, and his head slightly to the side, and you know you hit him, but there's obviously no spear in there. He he seems pretty solid, so you don't think he's like an illusion, but he's kind of just like laughing. Ho, 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 ho. Good throw, little man. Yeah, so Golison is thinking to himself, this guy is some kind of sorcerer or giant or something like that. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess, is your reckless already checked? Yes. All right. Well, if it wasn't, I'd say check it again. But yeah. So um, yeah, you definitely should have hidden hit him, and you kind of carry on with your evening. Is there anything that uh, Golston would like to do? I mean, like your companions are kind of like writing themselves up and seem to not want to make a big deal of what just happened. Yeah, I think after that, Goliston just wants to pass the night as uh, quietly and peacefully as possible so that they can leave immediately uh, the next day. And uh, yeah, he's just like really hoping he makes it through the night. Yeah. So your your companions kind of like make like bed in the main hall. So they're not expecting everything. But uh, the Carl's looking at you and he folds his arms and says, you really do have to do everything I ask you to, right? Indeed, unless it... Indeed. That's what I thought. Follow me. And he kind of leads you 
up this like tower that you didn't really see from the outside, but it, it's surely there on the inside. Yeah, I reluctantly follow him just knowing he's putting me up to something that's probably like dangerous or bad. These shall be your quarters for the night is by far the best uh, room in the in the entire manor. He's kind of looking around like, what's the catch? And uh, um, He opens the door for you. I uh, take a step in and I kind of just like look around. Um, there's a small candle, um, on a, on a table and there's a fairly large bed in there, um, bed probably big enough to, uh, to have the Carl sleep in it at least. And you see that there's a shape underneath the sheets. Is there somebody already sleeping in there? Well, she doesn't appear to be sleeping in there, but you do recognize the lady wife of the Carl in there. And she seems to be in bed and... Uh, she has the sheets pulled up to her shoulders, but uh, you could tell that she's probably not wearing a whole lot underneath there. Yeah, Golison's just kind of like, yeah, that's kind of where I have to draw the line. You see, um, I am a chivalric knight and a romantic knight, and uh, this here, this kind of goes against a whole other set of things. Uh, you're right. You're right. The hospitality thing is important, but uh, there's other things that are important too. It's not only the hospitality thing. But you have to do whatever I ask. So what I want you to do is I want you to take my wife into your arms and kiss her now while I watch. Ghost and uh, he ref- he's going to refuse and he's going to say, now, sir, I'm happy to meet your request in any way that I can, but that is something I'm not willing to do for it offends my values. Are you sure? Cause you just said you got to do whatever I ask of you while you're a guest in my house. And this is what I'm asking you. Well, it sounds like maybe I was wrong earlier. Oh, so this, this hospitality thing means nothing to you. Doesn't mean that much to me. I see and that's the last thing you see because you feel this giant knock against your head as your lights go out. Yeah, you just like uh, he's probably seeing stars, but then it's just blackness. Yeah, um, and you're kind of coming to um, at some point, and you're you're in this. It looks to be some sort of like dirt cellar, and you're you're kind of like chained up against the wall and you see um sir Kay and bishop baldwin there as well but uh you look around and some light is like kind of creeping through the the floorboards which is making up the ceiling from above you and you're kind of like so you're you're kind of under like the main hall part and you see just everywhere bones and skulls of various um presumably guests of the carl are the other two awake uh they're kind of like um like rubbing their heads as well and muttering okay so now's the time that i'm going to rub it in k's face uh what an idiot he is and how he got us stuck here where we're probably all going to die and if you just listened to me when i pointed out the deer tracks we could have avoided this whole thing. 
But instead, to appease his pride, we followed him into the depths of God knows where, where we we're about to be uh, consumed by a giant. And he's like really just kind of like laying it on. Like he's been sa- he's been bottling it up. He's been saving it. And uh, yeah, he's just like, uh, you know, chained to the wall. Just. Yeah, just kind of like I told you sewing Lord uh, Lord K as, as hard as he can. So hmm, trying to decide if this is more vengeful or cruel. You have any input because, like, you're you're making this choice to kind of just go off on a tirade against K. Um, I think vengeful because I feel like cruel would imply that it's somehow unjustified what I'm doing. Ah, makes sense. So yeah, check your vengeful because uh, you're you're laying into him, and I think he knows that um, you're not r- wrong, but uh, he kind of unleashes a tirade against you himself. And basically say, you look here, I am the Seneschal, I am the, the king's own brother, what I say goes. And basically, the the two of you get into a shouting match as the poor bishop is just there, like, like trying to become small in the corner. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Golston, like, eventually just kind of grows tired of it. And he's like, all right, Seneschal, what do we do now, then? Well. I don't know. What's your big plan, little man? You seem to have everything figured out. Well, we need to break out of here somehow. And he's kind of like looking around the room, uh, trying to see like what his, I don't know, trying to see if like there's like a, a lock he can break or a window he can climb or or some way out of this. But uh, he's trying to, he is relieved that the other two men are still here and they're alive. Um if you had just found himself chained up alone in a dungeon, I think you would feel a lot more dire. But that and the adrenaline of arguing and backtalk uh, just kind of like has him looking for a solution, I guess. So he's kind of just like pay, like eyes eyes darting around the room looking for just like, uh, I don't know, like, can I break this chain? Can I Can I free myself? You know, are the squires down here? Uh, you don't see the squires, but um, as you're looking around for some means of escape, you see the trap door from above open up and more light suddenly um, floods into below. And you see a diminutive like, figure peeking over and um, she raises a finger to her lips and goes, shh. And you recognize the, the harpist from earlier um, is climbing down. Um, she has some like a little rope ladder that she's attached to somewhere and is climbing down and she pulls out a, a small key from her waistband and starts to unlock the, the chains from the three of you. And uh, Golston is quiet as she does that, but he'll whisper a thanks when she unlocks him. Yeah. And you see that Kay wants to say a whole lot more at this point, but he's not, he's not dumb. So um, could as as the three of you climb up the rope ladder and make your way through the halls, could I make can I get a last hunting roll? So see if you can get out without making too much noise. That's a fail, a 15 on a 12. So you're you the three of you are making your way through through the door, and all of a sudden there's a as you step on a floorboard that just creaks. And um the boar who was sleeping under the table kind of like looks up 
at you at you and starts to, to snarl a little bit. Uh, at which point the, the young woman says, Yo, get out of here, and opens the door for you to escape. Yeah, I'd say we well, I need our coal though. Um I can't really leave without our coal. Uh, um, as you get outside, you see that um the three squires are there with horses ready to be mounted. Oh, okay. So we get we get the heck out of there like immediately. And um the woman says, head east, head east. By God, whatever you do, head east. Yeah, and I think we ride, like, we try to ride hard. Is it still, I'm guessing it's still poor weather and darkness right now? Yeah, it's, I mean, the rain stopped um, a little bit by now, but, like, the ground's still wet, and, like, it's not quite sunrise yet, but it's starting to, the sky is about to get uh, a little bit lighter. So, so you're just going to cheese it? Yeah, you just, just go as fast as he can. Uh, like, from, I don't know if you can tell from the direction which they came, but anywhere from here is better. And uh, he's going to, he's going to, when they get, like, far enough away, he's going to scream to Sir Kay, is that going to be a good enough story for you when we get back? Yeah, and uh, you, you kind of, like, the, the three of you on horses, um, like, all by like your your squires just like hoofing it after you all like just head east um, as the sun is riding rising um in front of you and you make your way uh some some somehow back to cardiff even though that's like 500 miles away we're not going to worry about geography because the um the story made an error but somehow going through the magical forest you make your way back um, up to the castle of the kite, sort of like you went off the map and then reemerged on the left. Uh, you went right off the map and came around again on the left side of the map, like an old awesome. video game. Yeah. So you eventually return to um, civilization, and you know, a little worse for wear. Uh, did we, like. You're going to have to get a, a new sword and some new spears, but that stuff can be easily replaced. But, uh, yeah, um, needless to say, you and Sir Kay aren't on very good terms going forward. Uh, that's unfortunate, but understandable. Um, Bishop Baldwin, you, you, you've kind of had a decent rapport with him up until now, and, like, like he's not, uh, he's not the most please but you did get out of there so like he urges you to like be a more forgiving person yeah i'm gonna definitely i'm definitely going to like apologize to him about this whole mess and just be like i don't know i'm just gonna tell him like i like listen this wasn't your i know this wasn't your fault because i I could have stopped this and I know you didn't want this either. And like, I, I went along with this and, and I'm sorry, sorry to drag you, <laughs> drag you along through all this. Right, go with God, my son. Uh, you too, father. So at long last, your entire um, train of baggage and hangers on um, arrives back at um, Lily stream for a quick stop. Um, as you're trying to finally make your way to Stonelay. After weeks of delays, you're finally able to set out on the journey that you 
have been planning to all along. Uh, is there anything you would like to do? Um, I think like once things kind of return to normal, he would try to have somebody write a formal letter of apology to Sir Kay. Um, that just kind of states uh, it was inappropriate for him to have spoken out like that. And that like, surely I, like, I do recognize his, his station. He is the Seneschal. And, uh, you know, I should, I shouldn't have let my anger get to me and like all this kind of stuff, but I'm trying to like bury the hatchet with him. Not like, uh, I don't know. I'm just sending him like a letter of apology. So he knows that I'm not like out there talking smack about him or whatever. Sure. You do that. You get no response. That's fine. So, um, anything else you want to do before you head off the stone lay? Um, I think I would probably just like see to getting the spears replaced and whatever. Um, but other than that, no. All right. And at long last, uh, the train departs, uh, Lily stream one last time. There's still plenty of guests there. In fact, uh, it's been cleared out quite a bit, but you do note that uh, in your absence, um, while most of the retinue has left, the Queen and Sir Lancelot remain. I hope they're enjoying themselves, and I hope uh, I hope Gaharis is taking good care of the place. Yeah, that, that's a that's a fitting thought as you uh, uh, leave your your own demands um, and trust that others will do the right thing. And I think we're going to end uh, the session there. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.